0: Good morning, church. Um, It's wonderful to be speaking to you again. I'm grateful to God for this humbling privilege and the church for this opportunity. Um, Much has happened with our world in the last 1.5 years or so, and it's continuing to do so and changing us at a fast pace. Researchers and experts determine the impact of COVID-19 on human life and interaction and the human society as a whole is changing the way we do things. There are certain things we long for to return to where they were before the pandemic, while there are some things that seem to have changed for the better uh, which we would like them to remain. History repeats itself in cycles. While the post-pandemic world may not result in an entirely different new world, it is certain that COVID-19 is changing many aspects of human, human living in big ways, but can it really change the human heart? History tells the answer is not so. I like to think of it as a, as a sort of reset button on a PC, except that it is not so simple. While resetting a computer, the existing problems seem to disappear and becomes all right again when back on. Human hearts do not respond so easily to become better. Nevertheless, disruption and pain seem to turn our attention to God. God is active in our world today, whether we see him or not, whether we recognize this or not. Even as the world is experiencing changes, our church is also in a period of change and shift in the midst of a hurting pandemic world. What might Jesus be telling us today? Jesus' words that were read to us by Lynn from John chapter 15 comes in like a rock-solid foundation on a building in ever-shifting sand. The context of the passage is that Jesus is addressing his closest group right before his arrest and impending death. These were some of his last words to them. The disciples, people's last words usually reveal what's dear to their hearts. And the disciples were about to experience a huge change. The beloved Lord, rabbi and friend was going to leave them very soon. They have known Jesus for more than three years, journeying with him, learning from him, being held in awe by him, serving alongside him. But that is all about to change. Jesus was going to leave them soon, and he wanted to share his heart for them. Here, Jesus is earnestly telling his disciples about abiding in love. He knew he was leaving them soon, and they will need to know what it means to keep knowing and abiding in him. After he's gone from them. I like unpacking scripture passages and drawing out its treasure. And it gets even exciting when it comes to the gospels and Jesus' words and actions. So this familiar passage from John 15 starts a few verses earlier. The verses 1 to 8 set the stage for verses 9 to 17 that was read to us. Jesus tells his disciples that the father is the vine grower the gardener Jesus is the true vine and the disciples are the branches by disciples by extension it also means us uh, who call who are god's Jesus's disciples so he calls the disciples to remain in him so they bear fruit fruit that will last The Greek word for remain is mino, which means dwelling in a particular place, remaining or abiding there, something that would suggest home. The whole discourse revolves around the themes of love, abiding, bearing fruit, love, obeying, friendship, joy, and love. It is hard to miss the main theme, love. Love is a verb with so many action points. Anyone who wants to, con- wants to remain in Jesus, be attached to him and produce lasting fruit, should consider Jesus' words carefully. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. I've read this portion quite a few times before, but this time when I kept rereading for my preparation, it stopped me on my tracks. Jesus says he loves us just the same way as the father loves him, the son. I let the depth and intensity of that statement sink in. The intensity of the love between the persons of the triune God is the same intensity and depth with which he loves us, his children. So in effect, Jesus is saying, we, the triune God, love you, our children, so deeply that we are inviting you into our fellowship to abide in us. Now, this is a huge and significant invitation. And how would that be? by the journey of obedience. In verse 10, he says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. We respond to God's invitation of fellowship and love through obedience. Jesus requires obedience from God's children so they remain in his love and bear lasting fruit. Jesus remained in the father he obeyed he himself obeyed his father's will and remained in the father he willing he willingly obeyed um, but, but it's, it's not just mainly about copying Jesus um, about but it's more about connecting with Jesus it's it's not just about imitation but participation in him his love his vine by participating in the fellowship of God. We obey because we are branches grafted in the vine. We love because he first loved us and chose us. So obedience to Christ and remaining in the fellowship, loving fellowship of the triune God go hand in hand. And what are his commandments to obey? Now, commands is not a very comfortable word today. When we read further in verse 12 and also in verse 17, it says, My command is this love each other as I have loved you. See where Jesus is getting to? If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. And what is the commandment? To love each other as I have loved you. So if you love each other as I I have loved you, you will remain in my love. It sounds plain, but it's like a great big circle as depicted on the screen. Those of us who abide in Jesus are called to obey his commands. His command is to love one another. And those who are and do these bear lasting fruit. And this breath, this means abiding in Jesus. And the circle is, is complete. If you love your brother and sister, you are in the love, in the light of Jesus. Loving each other is the key to remaining in God's love. Loving each other the way the father loves the son and the son loves us is the circle of fellowship we are invited into. So how do we love each other? Jesus sets the tone and nature for the expression of such love in these words. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's the pinnacle of love expressed. This is a sacrificial and giving love Though stated in general terms, the laying down of one's life is a pointed reference to God's giving of the Son. Jesus demonstrated for us the highest form of love possible in that he laid down his life for us, whom he calls as friends. And he bids us to love each other who are in Christ in a similar way. Now, As you may also agree, I don't think this needs to be interpreted as a literal call to giving up of every Christian's life for another, although that has happened and is much precious. But this love is of a nature that you will lay down your life for each other in big and small ways. It goes to say the extent to which Jesus describes Christian love to be a giving love, a love that costs. Not a wishing well love, not a surface level minimal love. And that is not an obligatory love, but one that stems from the deep joy of abiding in Christ. Now, Jesus refers to his disciple as his friend, saying, But I have called you friends for everything that I heard from my father I have made known to you these disciples are no longer to be counted as friends uh, as sorry as servants but as friends in the cross and resurrection they have come to know what this greater love has power to accomplish in them through their unity in the abiding relationship with jesus and the father a master gives servants orders but a friend communicates with friends sharing intimacies and trust. Jesus offers that kind of access to himself. And again, this intimacy and friendship goes hand in hand with the obedience of the disciples of his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Obedience to his command of loving each other. I want to share a small anecdote here. Uh, Some of you, mostly mothers, may be aware that today is Mother's Day, celebrated in many countries over the world and also in the Netherlands. So my two young daughters were all also excited and eager to celebrate Mother's Day this year with me. Uh, I told them since Sunday was going to be a busy day, they could celebrate that if they wished uh, a little earlier in the week. So they had gifts made at school and they were about coloring and making craft presents all the while trying to hide it from me so that it can be a surprise. They organized a treasure hunt and got me to open all their little drawings and small presents they had hidden all over the house. Um, They even said I shouldn't be doing any housework that day because it was my day off and offered to make me goodies. As I opened their gifts, their eyes sparkled and eagerly looked at my excited, explaining the details. I was moved. I was moved by their genuine excitement and their expression of pure love as they showed me in their own little way. It was just innocent love and it was just the joy they expressed um, and, and how they were so grateful I was their mother. They were just just, just showing it in their own childlike way. It made me reflect on the love we, his children, share with God. While this may be a dim reflection and a dull comparison of the love between God and his children, I found myself thinking of uh, whether our love for God is, is, is similar or is genuine and unadulterated as little children towards their own faltering earthly mother. And my love for them is something that would, that they would never grasp fully, uh, which is again, a faint reflection of my heavenly father's love, for me as his child. It also made me reflect on how obedience builds a nurturing and safe environment in the loving relationship with my children, just as how it is with us and God. When children live in harmony and in unity, that brings great joy to their parents, just as it would our Heavenly Father when He sees His children loving each other and living in unity. As a resurrection people, us Jesus' friends who have become partakers of the fellowship of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are called to love and abide in love. That is a giving love, not a self-seeking love, not a sentimental love and not a frugal love, but an active, intentional, joyful and sacrificial love, far richer than what is worldly or ordinary. When God's children love, they love with his love, with his love. And we do not do this on our own strength but in the strength that comes from being connected to Jesus the divine. Jesus says, I have loved you and in loving and dying for you and calling you, I have grafted you into me so that my love now flows into you and your love for each other is not simply an imitation, but a participation in me, my life, my love flowing in and through you because of your attachment to me. In Romans 5, 5, Apostle Paul says that the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So as the love of God flows in us and as we are filled in his life every day, may we be so filled and overflowing with God's love for our brothers and sisters. How can we apply this in our lives? What are some ways that Jesus would want us as individuals and as a church to abide and grow in this love? The world around us is soaked in self-love, the individual and their happiness is prime. Self-love is shouted from the rooftops and echoed over TED Talks, social media, and even news articles. It is an I, me, mine world that focuses on the self as if it is a supreme value to seek. The greater love that Jesus describes and demonstrated is in complete contrast to this self-obsessed love. Caring for oneself is important, but it can quickly turn into a dangerous obsession of the self that is so opposite to the great love that Jesus portrays and bids us to follow. If Christians are not careful and discerning, we could also be drawn into this pride and self-obsession easily. It is easy to share in the popular love of Jesus, but who sits with the abiding and sacrificial nature of true Christian love? How can we love one another well in our relationships? When we lay down our lives in a hundred ways, both big and small for our brothers and sisters, it is not simply about how we feel, but what we do. The laying down of one's one's life is an attitude as well as an action. Love for our brothers and sisters in Christ may, may mean the sacrifice of our time, our comfort, our personal interests, plans and desires, even our resources. In foot-like washing of service to each other. In laying down our lives, our privileges, our conveniences for each other. In loving the weakest, the oldest, the vulnerable, the lonely, and simply the hard to love. By considering in humility the other as better than ourselves, by resisting the desire to always want to have our way by being willing to listen to the other and be gracious. By continuing to extend patience when it gets increasingly hard to, by being kind and generous when we know we would not get anything back in return, when giving love would cost, when giving time would cost, by extending forgiveness when forgiving seems hard or even impossible. Just as we experience forgiveness from God, our routine experience would be to forgive others. The greater the forgiveness and grace we experience from God, the more we are able to freely extend that same grace to others in our lives. Human forgiveness releases both the forgiver and the forgiven. And there may be occasions when we may not easily like a person, but by abiding in, in Christ's love, we are in a position to truly love them. Love rejoices in the truth. Love protects. It bears all things. It believes all things. It endures all things, hopes all things never fails like jesus while i don't intend to preach on 1 corinthians 13 now it is a great portion to consider and reflect for yourselves in your homes the way of true love the selfless and giving love that jesus portrays the greater love the highest standard that we are called to pursue these are significant days for us Jesus is calling us very clearly to love each other. It is not easy, but I want to love in this way. And I pray that God would grant each one of us the grace to continue abiding in him and loving the way he did and producing godly fruit. How blessed is a church that loves like this, that loves like God. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for calling us into your love, into your salvation, and into your wine. Grant us, Lord, to abide there, and by abiding there and bearing fruit in love, we will be known as your disciples. May we be so connected, so connected to you in our everyday work. Your life and love will fill us and overflow out of us. Grant us the power to love truly with your love. Fill us with your joy and remove any discouragement or doubt that we may have. May you be glorified in and among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.